When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Here for this week's By the Numbers for Week 12, I... My co-host, Dan Reese, and I will we'll take you through some of the numbers to tell the story of the Ravens season. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Another uh, another nail-biter. I'm uh, lo- losing years every week here. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. Years off our life, gray hair on our head, all those things. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's been amazing. It's been an amazing ride. And if this team goes on for a deep playoff run, and, and particularly if they somehow were able to win the Super Bowl, this is going to remind me a lot about 2012. Definitely not the best team of the Lamar Jackson era, but yet could get the furthest because the others didn't didn't make it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it'll be amazing. You know, all the obstacles that they they would have to overcome. Um, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities. There are lots of question marks with every team in the NFL this year. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. All right, well, let's get right to it. Uh, We'll talk about some of the numbers that that told the story this week. My first one is 16 and 0.8. The Ravens played 16 snaps of the rush dime defense. Uh, That is their their defense they put on the field in passing situations. In those situations, they only allowed 12 yards or 0.8 yards per play. Uh, That rush dime has one defensive lineman, Matabike, three outside linebackers, Houston Oway and Bowser, one inside linebacker, Board, and six defensive backs. And one of the funny things is they really only had six defensive backs that they had any confidence in playing this last week that were active. 
So they had uh, three corners, of course, and, and Tavon, it was very important that they had Tavon Young uh, available for this game, along with Averitt and Humphrey. And then at safety, they had, uh, uh, let's see, Clark, uh, Stevens. Stevens, and Stone. Yep. And, and Geno Stone really did a nice job being in there as the, as the sixth defensive back. But that was the group that was in there on the highest leverage plays of the game. The Ravens only allowed one of those plays to be converted for a first down. They did also have one of that was converted by penalty uh, on, a, on a defensive pass interference to Humphrey. But uh, it was those plays that won the Ravens the game. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, it was great to see a lot of young players step up. The safeties, mm-hmm. Metabuke, um, he stepped up pretty well in um, Campbell's absence. Uh, I thought he did really well. And then he loved putting those three outside linebackers, Houston Oway and Bowser, on the field together. Those those three are, are dangerous for sure. So that's a, that's a pretty awesome defense. All right. Uh, on the other side, it wasn't quite as fun of numbers. Um, on the offensive side, I got negative 0.13. That's the average EPA on offensive plays for the Ravens in week in the Week 12 win. It's the seventh lowest average EPA by a winning team in 2021. The Ravens actually had the 10th lowest as well in the prior week against Chicago. The, the four interceptions accounted for negative 12.5 uh, EPA, and the other 70 points accounted for 2.8, uh, 2.86. So they were doing okay on every other play, but those four interceptions were, were pretty huge, as you would, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the great defensive play and um, got enough out of the offense, I guess. Yeah, it was incredible to me. They won the snap count so decisively for the second straight week and for the second straight week at exactly 3.9 yards per play. That's me sneaking in an extra number here. <laughs> but but uh, definitely a, a, a very odd consecutive games for the offense to, to be that good at maintaining possession and that bad in gaining yards. All right. Move on. Another defensive number for me, 8, 16, and 5, three numbers, actually. Nick Chubb had eight carries for a season-low 16 yards and a long of five carries. You actually have to go back a very long way until Nick Chubb last ran for 16 or large or less in a game. It is his career low with four or more carries. So all of his games that had fewer carries, three or fewer carries, that had 16 or fewer yards – and, and he had three for 105 in one of his first five games. But it was the fifth game of his career was the last time he ran for as little as six yards. Not just 16 yards, not just the lowest this year. It's it's historically low for Nick Chubb. Um, interesting, I thought, that Chubb's runs all came out of pretty standard formations. The Browns put a, a bajillion tight ends on the field. It's kind of like watching the 2019 Ravens operate. But they, they put on 12 or 13 personnel for all eight of his runs. All of them were against the base defense, which, of course, is the best way the Ravens can counter those very heavy packages. And the Ravens did a little bit of everything well to stop the runs, I thought. And they they set the edge well. They penetrated usually with one player to get some sort of field splitting or, or limiting space component to it done. They pursued extremely well from the backside. So usually if there's zone running in one direction, you have an unblocked defender on one edge. That guy did a great job of chasing down the play uh, and, and really limiting cutback lanes. And I thought they got very physical play out of both their safeties and inside linebackers. So there was a combination of things that really led to these terrible Chubb numbers. But uh, it's, it's great to see a historic performance like that put up. Yeah, absolutely. It, the, 
those those numbers blew my mind and that they're what uh, I think kept the Ravens in in the game um you know going into it I thought the Browns were going to run all over them especially with uh with Campbell out um I, I don't really understand the Browns game plan only running him eight times that's that's pretty questionable to me um even with the limited success I I, I still would have pushed it harder especially at the end of the game when you were running you know uh, getting more tired. So. Yeah, and and they did have opportunities to run at the end of the game with a game close like that, and the Browns could have tried to run for a winning score at that point. One of the interesting things, though, that against the base defense, which was most of what the Ravens played, in fact, the Ravens played almost nothing, 91% of the snaps were either in the base defense or they were in this rush dime. The rush dime was tremendously effective. The base defense completely stopped the run for 1.8 yards per carry, but it completely failed to stop the pass where they got 9.9 yards per pass. So a lot of Cleveland fans are saying, well, you know, why didn't they keep running the ball? And you know, honestly, I think they were correct to stop running the ball. They were effective with the pass. They weren't effective running the ball. It was hard to find good splits for the Cleveland offense in this game, mm-hmm. but that was one opportunity that they, they got done. Gotcha. All right. Um, again, I'm a little bit of a the negative one today. I've got uh, three numbers about Lamar. 12, negative 48.45, and 3.23%. Uh, that's The 12 is the number of uh, interceptions for Lamar so far this year, which puts him tied for second most so far in 2021. Mm-hmm. He's tied with Joe Burrow and only behind Ryan Tannehill, who has 13. However, the negative 48.45 is the EPA lost on those interceptions, which ranks seventh highest. So, you know, he's second highest on interceptions thrown, but seventh highest on EPA. So some of his have been on on relatively low risk times, whether it's the third down on long punts. There were a couple of those, basically. And, um, you know, so they haven't been all disastrous, which is which is good. Um, the interception r- uh, 3.23% is the interception rate uh, on, on his dropbacks, which is 10th highest amongst QBs, uh, amongst all the QBs with over 50 dropbacks. So, um, again, you know, once you take in consideration how often he's dropping back, the number doesn't look as bad as well. Uh, compared to 2020, though, he only had nine interceptions last year for a rate of 2.23%. So definitely um, a, a step back for him. And I think a lot of that uh, we'll see later on is uh, is due to, um, you know, the lack of support from the run game. Okay, I would agree. 50% more interceptions per play, though, roughly. Mm-hmm. 3.23 versus 2.23. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's not the turn you want out of a out of a quarterback at this point in his career. I'll go continue with some Lamar numbers. I have 11, 19, and 8.3. Lamar had 11 opportunities in this game with ample time and space. So that's a three-second pocket, effectively. There are some other rules that go with that. You'd be able to be able to step into the throw and whatnot. Um, Those 19 plays, he averaged, sorry, those 11 plays uh, resulted in only 19 yards, 1.2. I'm sorry, that should be 1.7 yards per play. Um, And among those, he had three interceptions, which led to a quarterback rating on these, you know, ample pockets, you know, all kinds of time to throw of 8.3. I, I All I can say is I've never seen anything like it before in studying ample time and space metrics for, uh, you know, 12 years now. It's, it's something that, that shocks me. Uh, so uh, a bad night, certainly a, a historically awful night for Lamar. Uh, really nice to potentially learn from a win as opposed to a loss. 
I had someone come on the show say that. I thought I just had to repeat it. So Gordon McGinnis gets credit for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's definitely true to uh, learn and get a win. That's, that's the best combo, I think. But, um, you know, I, I saw in his presser today, you know, he really took ownership of, um, which he always does, of, mm-hmm. um, of you know, his, his kind of failures. And, you know, that's great to see. Um, but it was, it was a terribly off game for him. It was pretty wild to see, you know, there were lots of highlights and clips of just wide open receivers just running down the field and just miss the reads and, you know, under throws, lots of things. So, uh, get that out of his system and, uh, let's get on a roll. So, um, all right. My numbers next uh, set of numbers are three numbers, 3.89, 4.94, and 9.2. Those are the average yards per designed run by running back, QB, and wide receivers for the Ravens in 2021. So for running backs, 3.89 yards per run. That's 24th in the NFL amongst uh-huh. looking just at running backs. For, um, 4.94 uh, for QBs, that's third. And 9.2 for wide receivers, that's fourth. Uh, so overall, the Ravens are averaging 4.23 yards, which is only good for 15th in the league. So the running backs are you know, 20, ranked 24th, QBs mm-hmm. and wide receivers third and fourth. So you can really tell it's the, the running backs that are not, hold, not pulling their weight, I guess. Uh, going into the last drive... In week 12, the Ravens running backs were averaging 2.15 yards per carry. Um, They were able to step it up and average 4.8 on the last drive. Um, The only good thing I can say about the the Ravens running backs is that they're limiting negative runs. They've had the seventh fewest in the NFL and had zero in uh, week 12. So not gaining a ton, but at least they're not losing some. You know, I'd really like to see Duvernay more involved. I think you've mentioned that the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I'd love to see him more involved. He's just huge runs. And, and then we started to see a couple of the passes, uh, screen passes and things like that, kind of an extension of a run game. So I think seeing more of that, if the regular run game doesn't step it up. The, the Ravens moved back to more pistol this last week. So they were really ex- alternating more, not alternating is the wrong word, but they use some of both pistol and, and sidecar. So when they run sidecar, my contention is that the running backs on the Ravens are not fast enough to present a credible outside threat. And they are the speed threat when there's a mesh point in front. But Lamar can just turn and hand the ball off on a draw play or standard handoff. They can run up the middle as well. But then you, you're, you're not taking advantage of the fact you have Lamar there and you can use the mesh point and whatnot. But I just don't believe the guys, Freeman would be the fastest of the guys that gets any real carries. And I, I don't think he presents a credible outside speed threat. I think the, the other teams are kind of ignoring it. Having Lamar up the middle is not only dangerous for Lamar, it's it's going to provide more pulls, I'm afraid, that are going to lead to even more carries at, a, at that higher danger level. And so I don't like that. But when, when they've done some pistol this last week, they really were forcing those edges again to make decisions like they did in 2019. And Lamar was taking some of those outside carries. We didn't see that too much in 2020. A lot of people blamed a groin injury as being some of the reason why Lamar wasn't asked to do that. But I think it has a chance to work again. Uh, But some of this just isn't going to get better until the Ravens get their good running backs back next year. All right, let's move on here. Uh, 17.9%. This was kind of a fun one. That was the win probability wager 
on that weird fourth and two three play sequence that eventually ended up being a conversion, sort of three play sequence. Uh, so if you, you remember, they lined up in the in, to uh, uh, punt. They snapped the ball to Levine. Levine got the first down, and then they said, "This is almost like the '72 Olympics." If you're that old, uh, they 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 hadn't blown the ball back into the play, so the play didn't count. Then they started the the, the play again, and the Ravens it ran Ricard on the field, and they made some changes. Cleveland made some changes, a two for one exchange, which left them with twelve on the field, and they uh, then called timeout which stopped the clock again. They got yet another chance. The Ravens stayed with the same package. After the Browns had adjusted to get down to 11 from their 12, they again substituted two for one. And that's not even visible on the broadcast. It was visible at the stadium that we were seeing it. Maureen has like a radar for 12 men on the field. That's, that's remarkable. But she said, you're the 12 men, 12 men. And, and sure enough, they're, uh, they're there. Getting back to the math of this situation, though, on the fourth and two, uh, it, it, had they punted, they would have had about a 52% chance to win the game, okay? By turning the ball over on downs, that would have dropped to 45.7, but so a loss of 6.2 percentage points. The average conversion would have put them at 63.6%. These numbers all provided by Eric Eager at PFF based on their model, by the way. Um, So the big swing in win probability is is atypical for a play at, at Q1311. So we're only 12 minutes into the ball game, and this and this is happening. Uh, I think it's 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 it was a big gamble. It was certainly a positive expectation gamble since the Ravens only need to, to succeed about 35 percent of the time to make this worthwhile. But it's definitely not one you'd see from a lot of NFL coaches. Even the Chargers coach might might say no on this one in a game that they they led at the time three to nothing. Correct? So uh, I'm not sure. I, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a, a high-risk one, um, especially with the chaos. I don't know whether the chaos would help your odds or hurt your odds, but right. um, it, it was pretty wild <laughs> just to watch all of the the uh, the craziness ensue with it. You know, you, you saw Levine come in and, and, and do his magic on the fake punts. Mm-hmm. He's amazing on all the special teams trick plays, whether on defense or offense, and then um, you know, just the chaos that ensued with the with the court or the refs. Yeah, let me just correct myself. There was yep. no score at the time, so uh, yeah, it definitely was a was a, a ballsy move. Yep, absolutely. All right, um, you know, uh, so my f- fourth set of numbers is a twenty five point seven and sixty seven point seven percent. So getting down into the weeds a little bit on this one. Um, 25.7 is the percentage of first down plays that the Ravens defense allows a team to convert on, convert a new first down or score on that play. So basically one out of every four first downs, the other team will get another first down or score on that play. Uh, that's the worst in the NFL in 2021. 67.7% is the overall series success rate for the Ravens defense. So that's, you know, in, in, when you get a first down, the other team will score or get a first down on some down, whether it's first, second, third, fourth, whatever. So 67.7% is the overall series success rate, which is best in the NFL. So they're the worst on first down alone, but the Mm -hmm. best overall. So on the 74.3%, Uh, of the series that don't immediately result in a new first down, Ravens only allow 42% of those to result in a new set of downs. Um, 
So, you know, 25% on first down, but if you don't get it, then you only, you only have, uh, you know, 56% chance, which is best in the NFL. So, you know, they're allowing it on first down, but if you don't get it, then you better, (laughs) you better hurry. You better try, um, you better get ready to punt because um, they're shutting you down. Very strange dichotomy there. You, you you do not put those two things together. But I guess that might be true of a team that has some busted plays. Uh, they're giving up touchdowns, probably, probably a lot, but even busted coverage, which leads to 15, 20, 30-yard gains uh, or broken tackles might be another reason why it might happen. But uh, that's a very strange pairing of numbers, certainly. Yeah, like I, a lot I took a look to see if anything jumped out, like to see if they were – you know, passed against on the highest percentage on first down or, you know, anything, you know, whether it was all pass plays or run plays or anything like that. And nothing jumped out. It's uh, they're just kind of struggle on first down, both against pass and run. And, um, you know, and I, I guess it's probably what you were saying, you know, explosive plays. They're like we've seen against their defense in general. They allow big plays or mm-hmm. are very tight. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because obviously the tight plays that are in those seventy-four percent of the opportunities are contributing to the failures that succeed. So the the that first down result is is probably highly barbelled. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll go to my my last number, which which is two point nine four and two point four three. Two point nine four, and this is down some since early in the season, is the time to throw for Lamar Jackson, the fourth longest in the NFL. Jalen Hurts now the leader in that category with uh, a little bit over three point one, I believe. Um, two point four three, conversely, is the time to throw for Ben Roethlisberger, and he is the fastest to sling the ball in the entire NFL. So a very different quarterback from who Ben was when he was younger. Ben was a pocket extender, a guy who would, uh, you know, really hurt you with extended plays and, and receivers breaking the rules late, uh, frankly, to, to, to make plays down the field. Didn't he could, he could, he could move the pocket left. He could move the pocket right. Some, some of both. He could just stand in there a lot of times. Uh, but now the Pittsburgh offense completely predicated on short passes, rubs, slants, a lot of bunch formations that they, that they run out of. Uh, and Lamar really extends plays still. I, I, I think that's, that's still been a positive thing. We saw how well, uh, sorry, we saw poorly Lamar threw with ATS in this game. But that means, conversely, they threw pretty well when he was under some pressure. So, uh, you know, that's uh, it's an interesting contrast of styles for Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I think it'll be interesting how it plays into the Ravens' defense against uh, the Steelers. You know, uh, we obviously – we likely won't see the sack numbers with him getting the ball so quickly. But uh, hopefully we don't see the miscommunication on, uh, you know, deeper routes or, or um, you know, some of the coverage – uh, but it is going to test the uh, the secondary's uh, tackling. You know, it's going to make the um, mm-hmm. you know the wrap, wrapping up and getting the ball carrier down quickly uh, definitely uh, key. So, all right, my uh, my last numbers are looking ahead as well: four point seven one, six point six nine, and nine point three nine. Four point seven one is the average yards per carry allowed by the Pittsburgh defense. That's the second highest in the league. So, 
you know, this is a, a week to, <laughs> to get our running game back in it, back in, uh, back going. 6.69 is the yards per drop back allowed by uh, Pittsburgh defense, which is 10th highest. So still, still definitely an opportunity to get some yards there. And 9.39 is the average yards per QB scramble allowed by the Pittsburgh defense. That's the fifth highest. So definitely a, a, a week for Lamar to show us uh, some of his wheels. So I like all three of those numbers and where Pittsburgh defense ranks. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the Ravens offense turning it around from last week and, and showing us something. Would really love that to be true. We just did the Know Your Foe episode today with Alex Kazora. So by the time you you listen to this, if you haven't, go back and listen to the to the Know Your Foe episode. Um, very um, measured view of the Steelers season right now, and and you know I think a lot of Steelers fans right now are already talking rebuild. And I said, what would be a win for twenty twenty two? And he said. You know, if they can make it a one-year transition, meaning 2022 is the year they have to "quote unquote" be bad, um, you know, that would be a win. But you know, he had to he had to concede concede. I didn't put him to it. I mean, he had to state that you know it's really dependent on how long it takes us to find a franchise quarterback. So, you know, that's one of the interesting things. And New England, it's one of the sad things about about being a Ravens fan is New England got a franchise quarterback right away and suffered almost nothing from this transition. It, it happened honestly for the Ravens too, going from Flacco to to Lamar is that they found their guy as soon as they decided they wanted a new guy. And, you know, I, I, I hope personally it doesn't work out for the Steelers in, in one exchange, but uh, we are where we are. Yep. Agreed. Uh, they hope, hope they struggle for a bit to find one. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, mind that go. a bit. No, not not at all. I will not not feel sorry for them. Uh, Dan, always a pleasure to do this show with you. Uh, tell folks where they can find your work online. Yeah, they can uh, find me over on Twitter at dpreese8. Uh, you know, just uh, reach out with any questions, and I'll you know just throw out some random stats every once in a while. So. All right. Outstanding. Folks, if, if you'd like to do a 25 years episode with me, still have a few to do, uh, send me a, a quick little note of what you want to do on Twitter. Topic should be narrow. We should be able to get into deeply in about a 20 minute discussion in, in, in some real depth. And, and I've just enjoyed that series so much in terms of all the ideas brought. Uh, keep them coming is all I can say. Uh, Dan, thanks again for doing the show thing. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you next time on Film Stuff. <laughs> This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.